Before this game week started, if I asked you which three players would tie for the king of the game week, what would you have said? Maybe Hollins, Bruno, perhaps Rashford made a miraculous recovery from his injury? Not quite. Well, it must have been at least two of those three. Yeah, about that. Okay, okay, so only one. Which one, then? You're not going to believe this. All right, fine. Which three proven established FPL assets are in top dog this week? Well, it just so happened to be a world-class defensive midfielder, Man City's backup keeper, and a certain Brian Bomo. Oh, man, I really should have known. You really should have known, man. Your reputation is in tatters now. I think I'll be okay. I'm Jacob. And I'm Jayang. And this is a final game week episode of the FPL Fortress. All right, to kick things off with our final game week review. City did not need to play this game week uh, before they found out that they were champions of the Premier League of the 2022-23 season. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, any City fan will say, you know, the way it happened, you know, we won the league. No one's complaining. But I think there almost is a sense in a way that, we we wish that we could have won it on you know our own merit. We win the game and then we celebrate. Yeah, but also I've heard it's uh, poetic justice, if you will, that uh, Arsenal were the one who basically handed you the trophy because they were in uh, such a big lead for such a large part of the season, and and they just you know really capsized at the end. Yeah, I mean I'm sure it's you know tradition or you know whatnot for all the players on on you know city or whatever team is you know in the lead to to gather when there's a chance that a result in the game could you know give them the title but i, I think just imagining the idea that they almost expected arsenal to lose and that's why you know, the entire team at this big watch party is mm. it's pretty funny to me that's the that's the interpretation i'm gonna go with mm. you uh that is well within your prerogative that's what i'll say but also i uh that reminds me of uh, the Leicester watch party that happened, right? When uh, when they won the league that year. And, yeah. uh, it was Chelsea Spurs and Hazard, of course, scored that beautiful finesse shot to beat Spurs and, and uh, that won Leicester their magical title. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Leicester wasn't complaining. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, it's been, what, seven years since then? And uh, they look like they might be getting relegated. So it's... Uh, it was a dramatic rise and an even more dramatic fall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, can, can we talk about Leicester for a bit? Sure. And, and that Newcastle game. I mean, Dean Smith, his decision to, to bench his two best attackers in a, what really amounted to a must-win game is one of the most idiotic, baffling things <laughs> I've ever seen from a manager. That's, that's a way of putting it, certainly. Yeah, it, it it didn't really make a lot of sense, and uh, he, it looks like he played a deployed a five three two, with uh, you know, five defenders, uh, two I guess yeah I guess you'd call them wingbacks. No, and then just three like, it was Sumari, Telemans, and Didi. They're all like either eight or six. Yeah. yeah, maybe not Telemans, but yeah, and then yeah. Vardy and Ianacho up top. So yeah. Questionable stuff from uh, from Mr. Smith here. 
Yeah, and to be honest, the fact that he can claim that it worked makes me genuinely unhappy. <laughs> I mean, they didn't have a shot on goal until the 92nd minute. Right. I think they conceded over two and a half XG. Mm-hmm. And somehow they come out of St. James's Park with a nil-nil. And they're still theoretically, mathematically alive. Yeah. That's uh, what? That that irks you on a fundamental level? You think that that should be? It, yeah, It just feels wrong to me that such awful decision-making can be mm-hmm. rewarded in that way. Well, they, they, they probably will be rewarded with a relegation. If probably, I but they, they shouldn't even be, you know, they shouldn't even have a chance, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Damn, you, do you do you have something against uh, something personal going on here? I, I have something personal against just the, the sacrilege mm. against logic and against numbers and against data. Mm-hmm. It just hurts me. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, very briefly back to back to the Forest Arsenal game. Uh, I mean, a- anything to say from an Arsenal perspective? I mean, they just didn't care, honestly. Mm. I know they, you know, they didn't really have a chance to win the league even going into that game. Yeah, but, I mean, there there just wasn't any fight. I mean, it almost seemed like a formality once Nottingham went up. Mm. I mean, you know. There didn't seem like any, you know, any sort of impetus, any hustle on the Arsenal side. It was just all too lackadaisical. I mean, there there was, you know, I think in the, what, the 83rd minute, Fabio Vieira gets fouled, and he's just rolling around like it's a day at the beach. Really? I mean, the league is slipping away, lad. What do yeah. you That's, hmm, yeah. And I'm looking at, uh, looking at the lineup, and, you know, that, that defense is certainly a little bit questionable. Uh, they played a QER left back, Gabriel center back, Ben White. They shifted Ben White to center back and Partey playing a right back. So it, it was a bit of a, and of course, Martinelli wasn't starting. So it was a bit of a depleted starting 11. But sure, but I mean, comparing the quality, I mean, the, you know, the, um, the transfer fees, really anything. Yeah, and there's there's no reason they should be losing to Nottingham Forest. Yeah, no, it uh, it wasn't pretty, and it it just do you do you feel bad for them? I kind of feel bad for them. I, I mean, we I think we talked about this last week. How it's it's almost unfair that due to their success, they were almost set up to to blow the league. Interesting. And you know, I, it almost feels like you know, and especially with hindsight, looking back on it despite the fact that they were in, you know, such a good position, it almost feels like they never really had a chance. Hmm. Especially just given how thin their squad was and just the inevitable wear and tear. And, you know. Right. It it just feels like for such a young, young, inexperienced squad, just too much too soon. Right. And they had that, uh, well, they had many storyline moments, right? They had that uh, Mark Martinez own goal, the Reese yeah. Nelson last minute. Winner, yeah. yeah, all gone to waste, all for nothing. Yeah, for 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 Forest though, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's. I, I'm definitely happy at this data. Are I you? Think, I I think I am. It just the few Forest games I've watched, especially yeah. Forest at home, you can just tell how much it means to the fans mm. and how how much support the the team on the field has from the from the the Nottingham faithful. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I suppose they're like a like a you know good, proper, decent side, respectable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last thing about Arsenal, do you think uh, do you think they'll uh, challenge again next year, or do you think they kind of you know used up so so to speak their their oomph? I mean, if there was, well, okay, if there's a team that I'm, I would bet on, you know, really making a run against it, it would still be Liverpool, I think. Just because they're the only team in recent memory that's even really come close to challenging City. Yeah. But I think if Arsenal gets this window right, gets a deeper squad, finds, you know, impact players, finds quality, there's no reason that they can't, you know, comfortably get top four mm-hmm. and maybe push City again. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of City, let's uh, let's talk about their... Double game week, which wasn't really a double game week because, because how many players started both games? Just just Mares and Ortega. Just a couple, yeah, yeah. A couple, yeah. But uh, I think we uh kind of the uh you know we kind of expected them to to, to beat Chelsea, and to absolutely nobody's surprise they did. So I think the the game that's more interesting to talk about is definitely the Brighton one. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing I want to say about that Chelsea game is. Mm. They they did not do any favors to themselves in terms of beating the the B team could win the league allegations, <laughs> but you know I, I mean Chelsea you know there's not really that much to say there they're just not very good. And, yeah, I mean if you want to talk about no fight, this is this is exactly where you should be looking. Yeah, yeah. I mean we'll talk about the United Chelsea game, but it's really just shameful. Okay. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think about the Brighton game, it's it's really interesting to me just how much mutual respect there is, I think, right between Pep and Deserby and, you know, City and Brighton. So I think in many ways, Brighton are kind of a mini city. Yeah, I, would agree with that. I think a scaled down version of the way Guardiola team wants to play, you know, you know, possession based and the fact that they're able to really succeed in that way in the Premier League without, you know the immense you know financial reserves the city have is very impressive yeah i i mean we have spoken quite extensively about brighton because they have been such a, an exciting team not just from an fpl perspective but from a from a foot you know like a purely footballing perspective uh and you know doesn't Pe- pepper said that uh no there's no better team than brighton yeah. from uh, build, at uh, building out the back right even city themselves yeah yeah he she said something about Deserby. I think it was something along the lines of Deserby being one of the most influential managers in the past twenty years. Oh wow! And I mean that's that's pretty high praise from him, you know. Certainly, like, there's there's certainly some sort of I don't know if it's a bonnet per se, but there's something there. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. As as a Chelsea fan, ugh, yeah. Okay. Let's, yeah. let's 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 do it. Let's do it. Man United yeah. four, Chelsea one. I mean, it's 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 uh, like completely expected at this point what we're gonna get out of Chelsea, or rather, you know what what you're not gonna get out of Chelsea. And oof. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, we we had we had our chances, but story of our season. Story of the past few seasons, story of our attackers, story of our number nines ever since Drogba. Nobody can finish their dinner. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you definitely, you know, there's there are some chances that you will be ruining. But at the end of the day, I mean, United deserves to win. United oh sure, oh sure. I don't think there can be any complaints about the four-one scoreline. I'm not complaining about it. I'm, uh, I'm just. It's numb. It's it's dull. It doesn't hurt yeah. any. I mean, I thought I thought it was, you know, maybe a little bit humorous where one one moment around the 80th minute where I think whoever was playing right back sends the ball into the box. De Gea, you know, is claiming it pretty easily. But Pulisic kind of just like jumped into him. And that's the, the one thing that I've seen a lot of Chelsea fans latch on to. Like, you know, this guy cares, you know, 4-0 down the 80th minute, he's still pushing. And it's just such a sad thing for a fan base to care about you know like jumping into goalie like almost injuring him i don't know that it just shows the depravity the the, the just the pit of despair that chelsea yeah. are in right now no that is that is absolutely embarrassing well you uh you got to keep going somehow right yeah i mean it seems like better days should be ahead but it's hard to see how yeah well we we don't know there's no way of telling at uh, at what point of, of of the graph Chelsea is at. For all we know, we could be a uh, spiraling down and down and down, approaching a nadir that's beyond our f- fathomability. Before we, it's made you into philosopher now. Wow. What's that? These losses have made you into philosopher. <laughs> I know. I know they can do that to a man. Foot football is a sport that makes makes men think. Surely. That indeed. All right. Shall we move on to the uh, dilemma deliberations then? Yeah, I think this is going to be maybe a little bit different than you're accustomed to because there's really not that much to deliberate except for one question. Who are the best punts? Yeah. So what we've done here is we've uh, we've split... Uh, split them into by position. Um, decided to uh, gloss over the goalkeeper section because presumably uh, you will not be spending your precious transfer on a goalkeeper. So, starting from the defense, you 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 you've got written down a few names here. The the name that stands out to me, my friend, is one Yeri Mina. Explain. Everton are fighting for their lives. Everyone knows that they've got it reasonably cushy fixture against Bournemouth. And, I mean, it just feels like, you know, this really, they they will be giving everything they have. And they're not exactly a team that I'm, you know, especially keen to back uh-huh. for their for their defensive record. But, I mean, th- this, is, this is the game. And if there's ever going to be a time for them to, to pull a clean sheet out of their asses, it could be this one. Mm. Well, yeah. No, I mean, in, in years gone by, we, I mean, you think of Everton as a, you know, traditionally as a, as a mid-table team, right? At least that's how I perceive yeah. it. I mean, I think they have the most draws in Premier League history. Oh, really? That's... Definition of a mid-table team. Quite funny. Yeah, but um, they, uh, I mean, they're, they're 17th, one with their 15th. They're, they're six points separating the two teams. Um. Interestingly, Bournemouth have actually conceded 13 more goals um, than than Everton, but well, nine of them were to Liverpool, so 
that's true that you make a you make a fair point i just hmm, i guess what i was gonna say is like i don't know about similar to the goalkeeper position i don't know about spending your one transfer on you know an everton defender right Troy? yeah no i understand that it feels like this is your last chance to really yeah make a statement get a dynamic explosive asset and that's that's i think that's a valid feeling i mean we know mina has some goal threat he does his goal against I forget who but it was last week they basically saved everyone's season it was uh it was against wolves wolves yeah yeah yes yeah what 98th minute something like that i think it was All like a hundred it might have been yeah but um in terms of other defender options, I th I mean, if you, if you consider teams fighting for their lives, Leicester, as we spoke about before, definitely comes to mind. But, you know, I mean, they play West Ham at home. West Ham have picked things up in the second half of the season. They are in the Conference League final. Yep. The, the, the mood is probably rather rather bubbly at this moment if you see what i did there so you know i would would someone like a like a castagna interest you at all i mean lester i mean we, we've talked for a while about their absolute inability to keep a clean sheet and perhaps at the the most comical time they managed to, to do it against newcastle oh yeah and so you know now they're in with fighting chance West Ham, for their part, I mean, they're they're pretty good. I mean, they pretty effectively dismantled Leeds. I mean, Bowen, we know he's class. Lucas Paqueta is a very, very good player. Mm. They've got some good striker options. Declan Rice, we know, is is a great player. Yeah. So, I mean, West Ham certainly are no pushover. But, hmm. I mean, we, we know Leicester wanted more. I'm just not convinced that's going to be enough. Yeah. I mean, you do forget West Ham also have the the angel of Akmar, Alkmar. Az, yeah, what, what, what's, what's his, what, uh, is it Alkmar or Akmar? Apologies, Alkmar, I think. Alkmar, yes, that's that's not to be discounted. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it makes them invincible, but certainly formidable. Formidable, absolutely. Uh, all right, we 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 have spoken about Arsenal's capitulation, if you if you want to call it that. But I think against Wolves at home, um, with a what do we call it? You know, with with something, I would say they do have something to prove in front of. I would home. say their pride is on the line. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think you know, last game of the season, it's been you know by all accounts a, a successful season, secure Champions League football. I would say, you know, restored hope to that fan base. Right. I think Arteta is going to put his best team out there, try to try end the season strong. Hmm. Out of, out of, I mean, I suppose the real options are Gabriel and White. Out of those two, do you have a preference? I think, I mean, I think price probably is an issue at this point. So just evaluating them purely on, you know, what they bring to the table as assets. I mean, Gabriel certainly is a bit more of a, a goal threat, I think you have to say, from 
from the corner kicks, but mm-hmm. White, I mean, he's probably overall a more dangerous attacker. I think his balls into the box are underrated, mm. especially from out wide. So he might be my pick. Yeah. All right, moving on to the more, somewhat more exciting options in midfield. Uh, we've got the Arsenal midfielders, right? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, I have a pretty strong feeling that, you know, they're not going to be rested at this stage. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think I mean, Wolves at home, I mean, that's a that's a good fixture. Yeah. And, I mean, Wolves are just not a good team, honestly. <laughs> you know, I, I hate to say it, and I'm, I'm surprised they weren't more in the relegation battle. Mm. But if, if Arsenal come out motivated and energized, I think that they can put three or four goals past them. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I mean, th- this is the last game of Arsenal season, period. They're not in any competition. Yeah, so yeah. Can't go out with such a such a whimper, surely. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. So, uh, well, Martinelli is injured, but you've got Saka, Trossard, and Odegaard. So take your pick. I think I might pick Odegaard, to be honest. I think, I mean, he's he's the captain. He's, you know, I think he's embodied so much about what this Arsenal team means. I think, I mean, Saka is on penalties, which, you know, is certainly beneficial to his case. But Odegaard, he's proven time and time again that he can pop up with, you know, with goals from that, from that left channel. I think he is the second most non-penalty goals of a midfielder in a Premier League season in history. Yeah. Deli Alley from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So he's, you know, he's a legitimate threat. I think so. That's right. Yeah. All right. Um, so we, we wouldn't trust the Leicester defense necessarily, but uh, I mean, Madison has, has, has been doing all right this season, hasn't he? He's, I mean, he's had, a, especially given the context of the Leicester team around him, I think he's been extremely impressive. Yeah, I mean, he has established a bit of a reputation for himself as a troll, especially in the the tail end of the season. But uh, you know, I mean, after that nil nil, surely Dean Smith has to has to start Madison, right? Surely. I mean, you you want your best players on the pitch in the biggest moments. Yeah, no, that. And, I mean, Madison. I mean, he's he's their talisman. If anyone's capable of a moment of magic to keep them up, it's him. So true. So true. I mean, you would think that that, that logic is pretty sound, but, uh, you know, Ian, for the majority of the season, Ian Nacho has been a bench warmer, and I'm of the opinion that he's their best striker. So, Yeah, I mean, I think we'll talk about the Leicester strikers a little bit. But, I mean, you know, I think Vardy's heyday is really over. Yeah. I mean, Harvey Barnes, by the way. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's any any merit to him? Do I think there's any... Well, he's Both a... Both on season. How many? Both. That's not bad. Yeah, he's got another the radar, but... By the way, mm. he is on the receiving end of one of the strangest stats I've seen in FPL history. What Despite happened? those 12 goals, 131 points, he does not have a single bonus point to his name. You're kidding me. I, I genuinely don't know how that's possible. A single bonus point? Just It just feels... God. I don't know. Just that just shouldn't happen. That shouldn't. Happen. I mean, how many? He, he he must do everything else really badly. <laughs> yeah, he must just not be a good a good player at all. 
but wow it's the anti anti trippy or anti odegaard right bizarre yeah against uh against fulham a couple weeks ago he scored two goals no bonus points because yeah yeah 33 in the the bonus point system and you know i, I know that was a 5-3 game so you know there are a lot of other goals perhaps but yeah. i mean that's just it's got to be bad luck at that point right that's quite comical in my opinion wow yeah so, yeah. I mean, between Madison Barnes, Madison probably is. Oh, for sure, and he's on set pieces, which has yeah. to play into it, I think. Oh, okay. uh, let's 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 chat about a team we haven't talked about a, ga- a game we haven't talked about, which is Spurs Leeds. Um, I think there are two st- standout options, one from each team here. It's uh, Son and uh, Rodrigo. So, what do you want to talk about first? Yeah, I mean, we know Leeds go, you know, all out attack. That's really their only. The only way they know how to play. They still have it from Bielsa. And I think that opens up so many opportunities for Son. As, as a counterattacker. You really think that Bielsa DNA is, is still in that uh, that side? I mean, Bielsa brought him up. Bielsa, I, I mean, got most of the players in that team there. I think, you know, I mean, they've been through several managers. But I think with their backs against the wall, they're going to resort to no. So what they know how to do best. I suppose, but uh, hold on. Give me one. I was about to say, yeah, okay, yeah. But uh, I mean, Spurs also have to go for it, don't they? Do they have anything to play for? Yeah, it's uh, seventh place right now. It's really uh between Villa, Spurs, and Brentford. Wow, it's for the for the Conference League, I guess. I think so. I think so. Yeah, but I think. Spurs are a more experienced side, I think, especially Son and you know Kane as well, who we'll who we'll talk about briefly. Sure. They'll know how to you know pick their moments, just you know beat beat leads with their pace, you know when the opportunity's right. Yeah, but but Son Son just it's it's just not been a season. No, it hasn't, and I think he's been a bit disrespected. I mean, ten goals and five assists for for most players isn't an awful awful year. He is not most players now, is he? No, I mean, twenty three goals, ten assists last year. I think we all had high hopes, and he certainly did not reach that. Yeah, and uh, I've seen you know he, he's he's done a lot of apologizing, hasn't he, on social media and in the press and whatnot? Yeah, which I guess you know. Says something about his character, but but still. Oh still... no, of course, of course. But you know, at the end of the day, character doesn't get you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Rodrigo, on the other hand, Rodrigo, he's had quite a good season, right? Especially for his. Yeah. Stand. Thirteen goals. He's really been Leeds' main man. I think you'd have he's to say. Injured for the majority of, you know, the the middle of the season. He's only. Yeah. Not coming yeah. back. I mean, do you, do you really think that he can, he can really hurt Spurs? I am would not be surprised at all if he scored a brace, especially with the state of that Spurs defense. Yeah, it feels like I mean, if if it's going to be anyone, it's probably going to be him. Oh yeah, it's in decent form. Two goals and an assist in his last three. Uh huh. Yeah, and how 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 have Spurs been doing? They oh, I mean, loss. They have oh my goodness, that is not good. Oh, yeah. that is horrible. They have one, two, three, 
three wins since March. Yeah, that's stuff to look at. That, well, I didn't wait. That's horrible. I didn't expect it to be that bad. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I mean, what is it? You know, loss, loss, win, loss, draw, loss, loss, win, draw, draw, win, loss. I mean, yeah. Team teams that you know win, draw, and lose an even portion of their games. They're not teams that really deserve to play in Europe. I think. <laughs> Yeah, no, I would. I would agree with that. Too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at the state of the defense, I mean, their expected goals conceded is really, really bad. Mm. I mean, regularly well over you know two goals a game, mm-hmm. and there's there's just no way that they can reasonably be expected to keep a clean sheet. I think. And they don't. They they've kind of been like experimenting with four at the back, right? They've always they played at three four three under. Conference. They've traditionally been yeah three back, but yeah, yeah. that's that's very curious, very curious. Yeah, should we move on to the forwards? Oh, you forgot uh, you forgot my most exciting prospect. Oh, I did. Didn't I? <laughs> Come I on did. now, Ebrechieze. Ebrechieze, I he's most likely going to be my transfer in this week. Yeah, I mean he's he's a good good player, operating. I don't know if it's quite the the Bruyne role, but maybe just a you know more runs into the box, more you know threatening, you know dribbles into the heart of the defense. Yeah, yeah. He, I think, he's more he he does drop back. I think he does a lot of carrying of the ball. I yeah, think, yeah, from like midfield all the way up to you know like the 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 D or the eighteen yard box. Yeah, and that way he almost seems like an old school player, wouldn't you say? What do you mean by old school? I don't know. I th- I think the the way he plays that's you know so focused on dribbling is just not the way we see modern teams play. Mm-hmm. But then that's not a criticism on him because I think it's you know absolutely working. But it's just interesting to me. He yeah. Well, we've talked about this a little bit. Some people just look clunky on the ball. Like Holland, you know, it's it's not it's not the most pretty. But uh, with Eze, man, he uh, he glides. If it feels like seeing seeing a ball at his feet, it just it just feels like that's where a ball is supposed to be. Oh, I don't know if you can uh, heap praise that's higher for a for a center attacking midfielder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's it's certainly not like that hasn't translated into into goals and assists. He's what thirteen goals on the year. Am I making that up? Ten in the league. In the league for assists. So yeah, I mean it certainly, you know, come through and he's, he's gotten his FEL points, he's got bonus points too, because yeah. you know they love his carrying metrics. Wait, what's what surprises me is this is the end of his third full season at Palace. It seems like he's really young and he's just got here. Well, how old is he? he well, he no, he is very young, but the fact that he's yeah. what I mean huh. oh, I guess. He he was injured for the majority of last season, but yeah, yeah. That's... Well, because in that twenty, the twenty twenty one year, yeah, put up you know twenty eight games, which is you know it's a lot. that's funky. In my memory, it's not like that at all. Hmm. Yeah, I saw this this. Uh, I guess you could call it a funny tweet. Okay, the official Premier League account. Yeah, and it was like you know Eberechi Eze has you know had this you know incredible journey, and it was you know like. Like 2012, released by Arsenal. And then 2020, you know, signs with Palace. 
straight into that. And they, they made it sound like, you know, he just miraculously came back for the game after nine years. <laughs> but, you know, he I mean, he was tearing it up with QPR. In the, mm-hmm. He's he's certainly put in the work and he deserves everything he's got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Now let's move on to the forwards. So, you know, Kane, Kane has somehow become a bit of a differential these past few weeks. I uh, got him back in my in my wild card, and I've noticed uh, on live FPL that his EO has kind of been around 20% around my overall rank, which is around 50K, which was kind of shocking to me. Yeah, I mean, it's it seems like in many ways he's he's so underrated. He's almost properly rated. Because hmm. every, everyone seems to love to say, oh, Holland's had this great season and we've forgotten about Kane. But no, I mean, Kane has certainly been there. I mean, he's, I think he broke the record for most like, individual games scored in. Yeah. 25, or something like that, which is, you know, just ludicrous. Yeah, very, very, I mean, he's surpassed his best ever season, which was the 2021 season in which he won the Golden Boot with 23 goals. And what, he has what? He has 25 now? 26? 28 oh my god yeah yeah it uh it does go it it it, it does go to show that uh everything is is relative in this yeah this of course and i mean it's it's interesting that i mean we were talking about bonus points and i mean kane is the most bonus points in the game because it seems like you know every game he scores and also gets you know at least two bonus points mm, yeah. versus holland you know if he scores three goals gets his hat trick but it's only three bonus points for those three goals right yeah, I mean, here's a question for you: If you don't have Kane, would you go Holland to Kane? I think, I think Holland's going to start. So no. Okay. But uh, surely, surely uh, Leeds away is a much better fixture than Brentford away. Oh, it certainly is. But I think, at the end of the day, with your one free transfer, it's just not worth going away from Erling Holland mm. in a vacuum. I would I would say that Kane most likely scores more points than Holland, but there are, there are almost certainly better value transfers out there. Right. I will note that though you say in a vacuum, this pretty much it's a vacuum. With one well, I mean, I th- I think I I'm referring to a transfer vacuum like a, a okay. wild card type situation. Got it. Got it. Okay. Then uh, well, we've talked about Arsenal in defense and midfield. What about Arsenal in the forwards? Yeah, I mean, Jesus, I think, I mean, he missed about three months with his meniscus injury, but he's put up a, a reasonably good season. I mean, you know, he's, the the XG numbers he's, he's had are actually just ridiculous. I mean, 13.6 XG in 20 or so games is pretty I mean, damn good. Now that's what, why De Bruyne hates him, you know, because he's only got 10 goals. And it's it's just... He he feels like an XG merchant, doesn't he? He does, he does. But oh, I was gonna say something about him, but it, uh, I think it's it slipped my mind. Slipped my mind. Do you think he'll play ninety minutes? I think he'll start certainly. I do. I, too. I mean, it feels like. I mean, who else are gonna put on Eddie and Kedia? Maybe, Maybe. at the very end, but you certainly get you know, yeah, eighty plus. Because especially, you know, with Martinelli's injury, I mean, the three players that are going to be in the front line are, you know, Saka, Jesus, Trossard, and they're all going to start. Yeah. So. 
I think Minotaur are concerned. Wouldn't be surprised to see ES, ESR and Reese Nelson come on about 10. Yeah, that's fair. But those seem like substitutions that are made when the game's already put away. Yeah. So if, if you know, Jesus is being withdrawn for them, it probably means he's already off. You're right. All right, we've got two more options uh, for you to consider. Pick a number, one or two. Two. Vardy. All right. I mean, this this feels like his moment in a way. You know? I mean... Well, I don't know, actually. Oh, well, well, let me explain then. Please. I mean, he's, you know, this old striker, so much wear and tear, <laughs> legs on his body, given so much for Leicester. Led them to, you know... Certainly the greatest moment in their in their history. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's he's just gonna come back for one last hurrah, find you know, a moment of brilliance to keep Lester in the Premier League. That that's a great narrative. That, oh, oh, it would be a fantastic narrative. You uh you could uh I would invite you to uh, read that uh for my kids' bedtime stories 30 years into the future because oh that would be that would be something but uh but 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 that's all that is isn't it a nice bedtime story it, it probably feels that way yeah <laughs> i mean i don't i don't mean to i don't mean to, to to be a debbie downer here but i mean they they haven't scored in their last two matches and vardy well, I mean, granted, he has been a, a sub most of the season, and he has only started to start games recently. He's got three goals and four assists, and I mean, he's he's uh, he's getting up there, and you know, he, he's not necessarily a, a ninety-minute man anymore. He probably won't be on pens. It's he didn't miss one pretty recently, so he did. Yes, so there, there's, in my opinion, there's, there's not too much to love besides well unless you're a person of sentiment then uh sure go for it but i don't know man i don't know it, it would just be such a great narrative wouldn't it it would be it w- okay j- like truthfully in your heart do you do you see him do you see him scoring a couple probably at most one at most one <laughs> yeah so. now someone who Truthfully, in my heart, I believe could score three. Roberto Firmino. This feels like a narrative. This feels like a proper narrative. What makes this narrative a nonfiction? Oh, well, I don't know about nonfiction here, uh, but, well, Roberto Firmino, very similar to Vardy, actually. Uh, Famous servant of the club. uh, Good loyal servant of the club he spent what nine years there uh was part of that uh incredible attacking trio that scored i think they all scored uh at least 10 goals in the champions league that season which is crazy um hasn't really played that much this season or the last uh scored a last minute equalizer last week against villa it would have been even more poetic if the final game was was at Anfield, but away away at Southampton, twentieth uh, placed team in the league, uh, relegated for about two weeks, got nothing to play for. Uh, well, if 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 we're going all in, do you remember that uh, 
a couple of seasons ago when, when David Silva was leaving, uh, everyone got him in and captain. Well, I got him in and I captained him because uh, there, there, there was talk about how all the city players would, would pass to him, try to give him goals, put it on a plate for him. I mean, what's not to love? Did that work out for you? That he got three points. Oh. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he, he got subbed off, I believe, around 60, 70 minutes to a standing ovation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember Aguero in his last game for City. I think he might have been a sub, actually. Oh. But he scored a brace, and he could have scored a hat-trick. So. Oh, wait. Was it the last week of the season? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, oh my god. I remember that. Yeah. So wow. maybe there's a, a similar narrative for Firmino Brewing. Maybe. Do you buy into it? If if I had to put my money on one of the narratives, I'd put it on Firmino. Mm. All right. And uh, finally, captaincy. Our, our final time discussing captaincy for this season. Um, and uh, it's, it's only right that we start by talking about Erling Holland. I mean, he's been the undisputed best player in the Premier League. He's been the undisputed best player in FPL. And if you believe that he's going to start against Brentford, I don't see how you can't captain him. Well, if if you're a a manager who uh, seeks fun, then I would uh, perhaps posit a few other options. Do you you really think the fun has to be the opposite of gaming rank? <sighs> well, I don't know. It 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 feels like it feels like feels like the time for a hail mary. It feels like the the time for a full send. It feels like, to be fair, Holland. I mean, let's let's take a look at his uh, his points history, shall we? I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. He's got. Let me just read out his point totals from the past few games: five, one, seven, two, eight, eight. 14, 12, 12. Well, well, you know, since we're emphasizing narratives so much in in this episode, I decided. Well, I, of course, I saw the fourteen, twelve, twelve, but I decided to stop speaking before conveniently stop speaking before I got to the fourteen, uh, and that is what I'll be. That's the argument I present forth to you. The the, the argument is that over a, a curated. <laughs> section of his of his games he has only scored three goals in six games that is quite frankly, quite frankly that is atrocious by his standards and i think he's an embarrassing asset and we should all sell him so who do you be captaining instead i i i, I don't know to be frank i think i think salah is, is a pretty good bet against yeah. southampton right I mean, Southampton, I mean, last game in the Premier League, I'm sure they, you know, want to keep their pride intact. But at the end of the day, if Liverpool put a couple of passes, them, I can see them just throwing in the towel. They are the, the, the team of 9-0. Yeah. yeah. That's their, that's their could, could that be their, their send-off? Oof. That would be cruel. That would, that would be, be horrendous. They've had, they've had a good stint in the Premier League. 10, 11 years, I think. Yeah, and they've Nothing to be you know, ashamed of. put up some de- decent, decent final finishes. Yeah, you think they can come back quickly? I think they'll probably bounce back next season. 
I'm not so optimistic, but not really. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Okay. If if I see them back here in two years, I'd be happy. There we go. There we go. Uh, we've also got. I think these two are still quite sensible. We've got Rashford and Bruno against Fulham at home. Yeah, I mean, I I would say the best fixture. Really. Yeah, I mean, I. Hmm. The best Fulham. Fulham are a decent team. Fulham are a very decent team. At home, I think. Fulham. I mean, decent, sure, but on the beach as well. I suppose. I suppose. Mitrovic, after his uh, return from suspension, he's gotten one goal and two goals. Yeah. Doesn't really matter for Rashford and Bruno, though. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And Fulham's strength, I don't think you could say, has been their defense. I that's that's fair enough. I've also uh, Ten Hag has supposedly said some stuff about, uh, you know, form going into the the cup final and also um, what's it call it, and also uh, finishing third. Yes, in case yep. uh, Newcastle slip up. So, yeah, yeah. No, I think I mean the reason, despite the fact that no Rashford only saw limited minutes in this double game week. The reason I kept him in my team was to keep him in for this game week. Mm, yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to captain him, but I am pretty confident that he will return. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, does, I mean, we, we've been talking about Rashford. What about, what about Bruno between the two of them? Yeah. I mean, I like Bruno as well. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's put up, you know, nice numbers. He didn't exactly explode in this double game week as so many people were hoping. But, I mean, compared to Holland, compared to pretty much every other major captaincy option, he did pretty well. You're telling me you're telling me people didn't captain Ortega? I'm sure I'm sure we'll see a tweet from the Fisher Lafayette account. One manager cap triple captain Stefan Ortega mm. with, the, with the crystal ball emoji. You'd but, be silly not to. Be silly not. Yeah. Is the the other eleven million of us we're really just not good in the game, are we? No, no. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh, the last, you know, mainstream option I would say is probably Harry Kane. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we talked about Kane. I think Leeds are stylistically a very good matchup for him and Son. Right. Um and yeah, I mean, I think if you have him, certainly a very reasonable, reasonable option. He, uh, you know, there are, it's, I mean, the summer transfer windows is, is about to open. He might leave. The rumors is going to Man United. Those are the rumors. Those are the rumors. Um, quick, uh, quick little set, uh, well, whatchamacallit, set, uh, hat trick first, first send off. Yeah. I mean, I think Spurs and Cannon have such a complicated relationship. But he's given them so many goals. Yeah. And maybe, maybe maybe it would be a great narrative for him to break his own single season record. That that would, there would be poets. You know what they you know what they say. You know what they say. FPL managers are are poets on the side. That is that is they say that? That, that is what I hear they say. I'm not gonna lie to you, Jacob. We're on the street, all right. Yeah. And uh, what what my poetic senses are telling me is that there are two fun captaincy options to consider. <laughs> yeah, you want to yeah. dive into that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, judging by 
the way we've been talking about the options, I think uh, it's, it's pretty clear that I am a big proponent of uh, Eze and, and Firmino. I think those two two players could go big. And, uh, you know, if, if you think they're going to go big, why not go all in? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've, we've talked about both of them. And certainly, I think they're both decent options. But, I mean, it's 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 worth, like, thinking about. Like, right now, how much do you care about your rank? Like... That's a good question. Like, people people always love to say, oh, this is your, your last chance to, to shoot up in rank. But you, you just as easily could lose rank. Right. And, I mean, I, I don't know how much, how much people really care about this. I know, you know, it's all just about, you know, the number of, you know, top whatever finishes you have. But I don't know. I think, you know, when you're looking at your FPL account and you look at your history, you want to see consistently good finishes. And you don't want to yeah. just torpedo that by making stupid decisions last week. Right. That, I can totally get behind that. Yeah, that is a good train of thought to have. I, ooh, yeah, I think, <sighs> hmm, you, you, you bring up a good point. If I look at my team history very quickly, let's, let's have a look. Yes, this is my fourth season. I've finished 1.6 million, 64,000, 52,000. My, my overall rank is, is currently 55,000. So I would love nothing more than to finish inside the top 50k and continue that trend of ever increasing of course, of course. Ever. But yeah. if you finish outside top 100k, because you make some narrative-based decisions, it wouldn't be the best feeling. No, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Would you call that? How would you characterize the 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 risk versus reward values of of making such a decision? I mean, I I would just say that you should treat it like just any other game week. And use the same thought processes. Don't just say, "Oh, it's game week thirty-eight; it's the last game week." Just throw every, you know, yeah. any any sort of caution, any sort of you know critical thinking, right? Out the window just for search of the, you know, the biggest boom because you know there could be a crash. Oh, but the boom could be so big. It could. It could. But the bust. Yeah, there's there's no reason to bend what got you there, is what I would say. Fair. Fair. So, who will you be captaining? Early Holland. I mean, best player in the game. Yeah. It's one, one Man City of the League. Single season goal record. How can I do anything else? That, my friend, is probably the best move. I think so. I think so. Will you be following suit? I am undecided thus far. I personally, you know, I... Yeah, I'm uh, not enamored by Erling, shall we say. Looking at my team, I think the the options I will be choosing between are Kane, Rashford, Salah, and maybe Eze, and uh, maybe Callum Wilson away against Chelsea. Hmm. Yeah, we were, you know, Chelsea away. Well, I mean, Newcastle are literally better than Chelsea. Yeah. I feel, I feel I, like that's that's going to take like a little while to really like sink in. Yeah. Cuz personally like when I see 
that someone has a fixture of Chelsea. I'm mm. like, oh, that's not a good fixture. Even yeah. though it's a pretty decent fixture. Yeah. No, it is uh, an incredible fixture for any attacker. So so are you are you leaning any which way right now? If you have to make a spot decision right now. A spot decision. I would captain Salah. Salah. It's a good pick. Yeah. I I have it pulled up in on my screen in front of me right now, and I think the the midfielder status attracts me more than the forward status and I just it's a fair argument. Salah's on pens, and I could see him bang a hat trick. There could be a you know, for all we know, it could be. I mean, if it's a nine nil, Salah grabs a hat trick. Uh, Firmino grabs a hat trick, and Allison grabs a hat trick. Happy days. There you go. There you go. Well, that brings us to the end of the last episode of the FPL Fortress for the 2022-23 season. How does it how does it feel having just said that sentence? You know, I, I think whenever you're, you know, recording it, whenever you're doing anything with FPL, it's always this this theoretical idea in your mind. Hmm. But it, it's, you know, it's it's almost just hard to really like comprehend. It is hard. It is hard. And, you know, fantasy soccer it's you know it it is fantasy at the end of the day but i think it has you know i speak for myself but it has had quite quite the the real life impact on my life this this past season. yeah you know it's i think it's funny because you know at you know the, the start of the season for me you know when with all the stuff we had to do with the college and whatnot you know first semester of senior year it was always just this idea like you know one day we're going to be you know it's going to be game of 30 it's going to be championship sunday and you know when that when that's happening all that stuff's going to be over you know it's you're going to be you know good times nice weather all that and now it's it's here and it's it's almost hard to i don't know what to say couldn't uh i don't i don't yeah no i i don't i don't think i have quite uh the the words to 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 put to to properly convey the thoughts in in my head right now. In fact, I don't I don't even know if I can properly think about the the thoughts in my head. But uh, perhaps we will meditate on on what the season has has meant to us. And uh, of course, we will be having one more episode this uh, season to kind of round off the season with our end of season awards and uh, overall reflections. So definitely stay tuned for that. Yeah. All right. And with that, we uh, wish you all good luck and uh, wishing everyone a healthy green arrow. <laughs>